morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 91, and I am battling alfalfa and hay fever, and what what else could, coach, what else could come out of the grass after you just got done mowing it that would mess with your with your nasal cavities and stuff? Uh, oh, yeah. It, it, anything else that you could think of? I can't. I'm not top. Okay. Well, that's that's why we're that's why we're teachers and not doctors. So, uh, but anyway, uh, battling a, a slight case of allergies after mowing the lawn a couple of hours ago, but really excited for episode number ninety-one. Derek Spooner, the head boys basketball coach at Mount Michael High School, and he is the only varsity boys basketball coach at Mount Michael because there's only boys at Mount Michael. So uh, I had. Somebody in my family say something about who am I interviewing this week? I said, you know, Coach Spooner out from my, Mount Michael, and this person said, uh, is he the boys' coach or the girls' coach? I was like, uh, just a minute here, just a minute. Uh, let's think this through. And then about two seconds later, uh, it was one of my kids, but I won't tell you which one it was. So, um, but before we get going with Coach, we want to recognize our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic, located at one four four five zero Eagle Run Drive here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. Follow us on Twitter, at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching, daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so be sure to follow us there. Obviously, if you're listening, you're on iTunes or Sound, uh, SoundCloud, so uh, download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can get the word out to gain momentum and move up the ratings so that we can help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pit and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Spooner, how you doing tonight, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Good. Great to have you on. Uh, uh, we, I think we got a lot of really, really good things to talk about here tonight. A lot of uh, unique... You, uh, your perspectives are a, a little bit different, and we're going to get into that here uh, in a bit. Uh, but uh, for, the, for the folks that don't know a lot about you... Uh, just tell us a little bit about your background, uh, how you ended up, you know, out on the, the, do you guys have a nickname for kind of being out there? You know, like, uh, you know, Auburn is called the Plains and, and that type of thing. You guys are kind of out there on the acreages or the... Yeah, right on the bluff out there. On, uh, uh, yep, that's where, that's where we're located out there, so... Okay. Well, 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 tell us a little bit how you ended up out on the bluff west of Elkhorn, yeah. Nebraska here. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so yeah, so when I uh, I first came back, I went to Hastings College. And when I came back, I um, was coaching at uh, Millard North. I was working in Millard and coaching at uh, Millard North High School. And um, and then after a while, I was I was under Coach Ball for a, a few years. And then Coach Cannon came over and got the job. I was coaching JV for him. And um, I actually moved out. You know, I'm about five minutes away from Mount Michael right now, so it worked okay. out great when uh, when that job came open. And I, uh, you know, interviewed there and got that job. And this is gonna be this will be my this will be my seventh year at Mount as uh, you know head basketball coach. And I was a, I was the head basketball coach for two years, and then I became uh, the AD. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you know, I love it out there. Um, like I said, we're in a great location to, you know, five minutes away. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, uh, it's been a great experience out there so far. What did you teach before you got into administration? 
Yep, so I was teaching in Millard Elementary. I was teaching PE. Um, so I was teaching there. I was in Millard for about four, four or five years uh, before I um, took over as a uh, Michael. Oh, okay. So you were you were teaching at an elementary school, not at Mount Michael, and then you were coaching out at Mount Michael. Yep, I was at Grace Abbott on 156 in Dodge, and after school, I I had an awesome principal at Abbott, and he'd let me, you know, I'd get out of school and zoom out to the mount every day. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I, I I did that last year, you know, and and to have administ- administrative support from both ends is so key in those oh, situations, I- you know, and and both of the administrations that I was working for um, were were really really awesome about allowing me to to slip out a little early or slip in a little bit late and and we're very understanding and and you can't get those situations done uh, unless you have that cooperation yep absolutely yeah so so you were you were with uh coach ba and and coach cannon let's let's talk about them in that order uh we'll, we'll start with chip um you know you were with him for a couple of years and you know talk talk to us about uh, what what he's done, what he's meant to your career. What did you pick up from him, and and what are some things that you guys use out there on the bluffs uh, yeah. to 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 help develop your program? Yeah, so I actually went to Miller North, so I had the you know opportunity to play for Coach Baugh, hmm. um when I was there. So uh-huh. when I was at Miller North playing for him, then I went I went out to Hastings, and you know I got an education, and um, you know basketball is in my blood. You know basketball is just such a you know, I tell people a lot of time, basketball saved me. It's what I, you know, without basketball, I don't know where I, I would have ended up because it was such an important part of my life. And um, when I came back to, um, I soon taught with Coach Ball, actually. Oh, okay. So I came, yep, so I, you know, Coach Ball has been, he's been a big part of my life for a long time. Um, you know, and when I was with him, I student taught for him and then I was coaching and, you know, I was the, I was the assistant volunteer freshman B coach at that time, you know, and I tell you what, I, I think I learned more in those couple of years and, you know, it's, it's what really got me the bug of, of coaching, watching, you know, cause at that time, I mean, Miller North, that staff at Miller North, you know, coach ball was there, Luke Olson of Bennington, Kyle Jurgens uh, from Scott, uh, TJ O'Connor, uh, Kirk Schulte. I mean, I mean, there's some, really good coaches um that were at the mount at that time so i learned so much just just kind of watching you know mm-hmm. i didn't ever i didn't think much i didn't really do much i just watched yeah. and you know man i tell you what i learned more in those couple years than you know than i think i ever have did, did you uh did you establish some street cred with the guys so to speak uh with coach ba and, and later on with coach cannon for being that assistant volunteer b team freshman coach like okay this guy's this guy's hungry and 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 patino called it phds poor hungry and driven and mm-hmm. that that was you it sounds like whereas like i you know you don't even have to pay me i just want to come in here and learn and and did that help you know give you some uh, a little bit more leeway or or a little bit more like okay this 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 guy really wants it yeah, I think, you know, I, I definitely think it helps. I, you know, I remember, I mean, we had, at that time at Miller North, like I said, we had all those guys that were coaching, and those guys knew a whole lot more about the game than I did. Um, you know, so like I said, I just watched and I listened a lot. And I remember I just, I wouldn't leave until Coach Baugh did. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything. I just kind of sat there. and Sometimes he would sit there and type on his computer, and I would just 
I would just sit there. If you needed me to do something, I remember one time, you know, at the end of games, um, he would always get the boys some blue collar pops. You know, we, we drink the guys would get pops after the games. And I got to fill up the ice cooler, uh, with, uh, the chest with ice one time, you know, and that was my job. And I was excited that he gave me something to do. You know, I, I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to help. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wouldn't leave till he would leave. Yeah. I wouldn't get there. I would make sure I'd want to get there before he did. I didn't want to miss anything. You know, I, I wasn't bringing a ton of knowledge at that point And I wasn't bringing a lot. I wasn't voicing my opinion. He'd ask, you know, at, at that time I only had a player's perspective. I didn't have that coaching side, but I like to watch Kyle Jurgens work. I like to watch Luke Olson work. I like to see how Chibaugh coached, even though they were coaches on his staff, he was still coaching Luke and Kyle. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, no one does coaching for money. You know, mm. I was told, what am I was I 22 years old at the time I didn't need any money I didn't care about the money I just wanted to learn I wanted to know those guys worked because people respect those guys what were what were the you know one or two big things as you were observing this because I can I'm thinking back to my own career and this has got I'm dating myself but it's been probably almost well it's not 30 years but 27 28 and the first time I went to the state tournament as a coach um, I was recruiting and, um, I sat in a booth with Mike Power and Jamie Sale and Ken Rodas and Gene Steinmeier. And I just, I just, I don't think I said a word in two and a half, three hours. I just listened the whole time. So I know what I was thinking there. Uh, but what were one or two big things that you picked up and that you took from just being the fly on the wall that, that you've taken to, to Mount Michael with you or, or that, that stuck with you. Maybe not necessarily took it with you, but just mm-hmm. like, this is what it, this is what I have to do if I want to be a good coach. You know, I, it's funny. Like I, to be honest with you, I don't remember a single set that coach bought or ran. I don't remember, you know, I don't remember all this offensive tendencies or anything like that. What I, I guess what I remember the most and what I stuck with me is just the time, uh-huh. you know, I think a lot of the times, you know, people think or, you know, on the outside is basketball practice is done at 530. You get in your car and you go home. You know, a lot of the times you're just getting started, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think what I took away from that is like the, just the little lessons that he taught me. Like before you get married, your spouse needs to know, you know, what she's getting involved with in your in your coaching career because if you don't have the if your spouse doesn't understand or if you don't explain to her you she doesn't fully understand what you want to do with your profession you know you could be getting off on the wrong foot you know Mm -hmm. i'm so lucky my wife understands what i want to be doing you know she understands you know practice gets over at 5 30 but you know i'm really now i'm practicing now i'm planning the next day you know now I'm watching the film for the next team or we might not play tonight, but that doesn't mean, you know, I'm probably going to go scout a game, mm-hmm. you know, and just understanding, like listening to coach ball about the putting your, you know, understanding how honest you have to be and how, you know, you have to do things the right way all the time. And, you know, I, I just took away from him how much time it takes to be good and how much time it takes to, um, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that when you're a player, you just, you just think that that, that paper is filled with practice plans already you know don't think about it you know but then when you're sitting there and i'm watching coach ball and i'm sitting in the corner watching them talk about every player everything that needs to come happening and they're talking not just the next day but weeks in advance it's just the time that it takes Mm -hmm. um you know i i learned coach petito at miller north man i 
Uh, he's another one. I just would sit and watch him, and he would just write, and he would just write, write, write. And I always wondered what he was writing, you know, because yeah. he just he was just sitting there and just dedicated to his craft. If mm-hmm. you want to be good, I just I learned that at a young age from those guys. If you're not dedicated to your craft, you know, you're probably in the wrong business. Yeah, and, and for those that for the folks that don't know, Fred Petito is the legendary football coach at Millard North. He's won three or four state championships. I forget the exact number. Um, uh-huh. You know, some, some, something along those lines. And so he, he's run a terrific program as well, yeah. Uh, you know, Chip leaves, and, and Tim Tim Cannon comes in, and, and Tim's been on a, a couple of times and uh, just been, you know, everybody loves Tim Cannon. It's hard not to love Tim Cannon. He's just one of the best uh, dudes ever. Uh, yeah. But, but, you know, I'm guessing Tim and Chip in some ways did things – the same, but also did it in a different way. Uh, yeah. You know, what What was that transition like where you'd been kind of with Coach Baugh for a lot of your formative years, but now you get this new perspective from Coach Cannon? Yeah, that I, it was that was so huge for me. You know, at the time, I, I only knew Coach Baugh at Miller North. You know, I never thought of the place without it. You know, and so when I was back coaching and, and Coach Cannon, I mean, that was a, that was a, when that happened and coach cannon all of a sudden's at miller north i mean that was shocking to anybody um but you know boom is i've known him for a long time as well just through my playing days um but when i met him it was and we just started talking basketball uh i just i loved listening to him as well and just his love for the game and his love for coaching kids and his love for you know whenever whatever for whoever it just stood out to me so much, you know, he, he taught me, you know, he just, he really watching him talk to the kids and just, he has that when you talk to him, you just know how sincere he is. Yep. You ever get any BS from coach Cannon, you know, he's going to tell you, you know, how he feels when he feels and why he feels that way. And, you know, and it's genuine and it's, you know, I learned a ton of shooting drills and all those offensive stuff and sets. And he's got a great offensive mind. Um, but I just, I took away how genuine he was, you know, when, when I left for Mount Michael, you know, that was hard for me to do because it was hard to leave him, but you know, and, and it, I don't think he was necessarily crazy for me to leave either because I felt like I worked hard for him, but he knew it was the best step for me and he was going to do anything he could to help me get that job. Um, so I just, you know, how genuine of a person he is, it's just, you know, it, it rubs off on you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't not have a conversation with Tim Cannon and not feel like he's fully vested in that conversation. You know, he's, uh, he genuinely, and I love the word that you use, he, he genuinely takes an interest in you every step of the way uh, when he's talking to you. And, and just, just again, th- I think that's why so many people were just so happy for him when they won that championship last spring uh, b- because of that, because of his genuineness. So, yep, absolutely. So speaking of leaving for Mount Michael, you're, you're going into uh, one of the more unique schools in the state. Uh, tell us, uh, I mean, I know some about Mount Michael, uh, but it, it's, uh, tell us about your, your student body, how you draw it, uh, where your school is located for, for the folks that don't know, cause it is a really, really interesting, uh, non-traditional type of high school, especially yeah. for a traditional place like, like Nebraska or the, I or just the Midwest in general. Uh, yeah. so, so describe describe uh, 
Elkhorn Mount Michael for us. Yeah, so, you know, the mount out in Elkhorn, uh, we have our student bodies, you know, right around 240, and we are a boarding school, um, also a day school. So our boarding, we have a few different boarding um, programs, you know, so boarding, we have dorms on campus um, that are connected, you know, with our school. We have a big international program where we have seven-day boarders. Those students are on campus at Mount Michael seven days a week, and then we have a big five-day program to where, you know, we have kids from Omaha, Lincoln, uh, Columbus, you know, that they're at Mount Michael during the week. And then on the weekends, um, they head home. And then we also have a day program to where it's just a, you know, a regular school. They come in the morning, they leave at night. So, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a definitely a, it's such a, a unique school. You know I mean, our, our, we have 400 acres on our campus. We have, you know, we have guys, like I said, that are there all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, we got, we get kids from all over the city. Um, so it's a, you know, we get about 60 to 65 per class is where we like to be. Um, so, but it's really cool. I mean, the, diver- the diversity in our school, the kids coming from all over the place, it's just a, it's a place where you know, it's such a special, unique place. And some people, you tell them where you're at, they say they didn't know there was a high school out there, you know, or we're really tucked off of 216th and Maple. And, um, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful campus. It, it is. Uh, what, what drew you to the job? Well, you know, when, when it opened up, what, what made you go, yeah, this, this is where I want to, if I'm going to leave Millard North, this is where I want to go. Yeah, I, so when this job came open, you know, I, I had talked to Coach Baugh, and I, I said I wanted to be a head coach, and I wanted to be a head coach young. You know, I felt like I, I talked to – I had such good people in my life between, you know, Coach Petito, Coach um, – you know, Coach Creech out at – when I was playing at Hastings, he had – he taught me so much about the game. And, you know, I've always wanted to run, um, you know, run my own program. So, like I said, it really worked out to where we were we were out in Millard – or, excuse me, out in El court already um i had taught at a private school um holy cross elementary um so i had you know i had some private school ties as well and uh, when this job came open you know i just thought it would be a a good opportunity to be able to you know i keep my job in millard and still be able to you know coach at a um you know be a head coach in the at the mount michael and when they when i called and interviewed for it it just it felt like such a it felt like such a good fit for me Mm mm-hmm you gonna you gonna expand that gym at all? <laughs> I think I get that question every other day. You know, I do think that. <laughs> well, no, gym, you're, you you um, you have a little bit more sway because you know you are the activities director. So, oh yeah, that that definitely helps. You know, it's funny. I I we have a junior night program. You know, so we have about seventy kids in the junior night program. In our high school program, we have about sixty to seventy every year. And on, you know, during the year, we have, you know, junior nights on Tuesday nights. So we'll have high school practice right into our junior nights. And we pump about 140, 150 kids to our gym with two backboards, you know, two glass backboards. And we always talk about that's I, I've gotten so creative as a coach and how I can utilize my space and our timing and our organization to make it work. You know, yeah, it's tight. I mean, it's yeah. obviously the space would be great to add it. And I do think it's coming. I think it'll be here sooner than later. Um, but, man, it's on a Tuesday night freshman game into a JV, into a varsity it, that place is it's second to none. I mean, it's mm-hmm. no matter who you're playing, no matter what the score is, that place is rocking. And it's a, you know, it's such a cool environment that I would hate to see it go. Uh, but like I said, the, some extra space would be great. Yeah. Well, it, it's a, it's a great shooting background, I think. Oh uh, yeah. You know, and maybe I'm biased. My, my son played out there one time 
and I think he hit like four or five three-pointers uh, against uh, the, the freshman team out at Mount Michael. So I, maybe I'm a little biased, or maybe my son just, you know, had an out-of-body experience that night. I don't know, but... Yep. Uh, but uh, it's it is unique uh, the you you have like the old school basically you it's it's a, it's got a little hickory huskers to it doesn't it coach yep definitely yeah it's, it's we get that comparison a lot i mean it's you know we we can fit 400 plus in there maybe you know i mean that's tops it's the our bleachers are touching the when i stand up i'm you know i'm on the court and it's uh when the kids are sitting on the bleachers they're uh, on the bench their feet are you know right on the out of bounds line it's uh you know it's a not every i mean obviously there's people that can't stand it you know there's people (laughs) who don't want to play in it but then i get people that just absolutely love it you know absolutely it's an experience for them it's something different it's um you know it's something that you after you play at the mount you will never forget that you played at the mount but it's truly a home court advantage for you though too yeah definitely i mean it's a you know it's it is it's a small space it's you cut i mean you cut that court down and it's, it's a smaller area. And, you know, our student section is so fun. I mean, they we get every kid, I mean, we get 200 kids down on those bleachers and they're right on top of the players and they're right on top of the fans. And it's, um, you know, it gets loud, loud, loud. And that's yeah. And if you have 400 people in there, all 400 of them are on the Adkins diet. Cause if you fit in 400 in there, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, that's a that's a stretch. That's that's yeah. a stretch. So Oh yeah, you're sitting tight. <laughs> a pen and napkin university is offering you, our listeners, a great opportunity to learn more about coaching above and beyond the pen a pen and a napkin universe. In our video series detailing personal growth and development, you can purchase videos on topics like interviewing for a job, basketball analytics, and fundraising and social media. Go to a pen and and follow the links to order. Videos are $10 a piece, or you can get the bundle for $50. That's less than $8 a video. Listeners, go check out a pen and a napkin's video library. Coach, you, uh, you know, you're, again, Mount Michael is, has uh, been a, a, a unique place. And, and, you know, probably when, when you're from Nebraska, and, and I moved to Nebraska from Iowa, uh, had, had never really heard of Mount Michael till I, till I took the job out at Scott. And but it didn't take long to hear the name Killer Kane and, you know, all the legendary things that he did there. Uh, it, are those ghosts still kind of floating around a little bit? Is is his presence still kind of there? And, you know, what did you know, what influence did he have on the program that I, I'm sure there's a part of you that says, uh, this guy did so much for this school. I, I want to get it back to that point where, where Mount Michael was as dominant as it was in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s uh, and the way that Coach Kane had it going. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's important, uh, you know, as you know, as I'm the athletic director, activities director as well, you know, for our kids to know, you know, why does that say Coach Jim Kane on the floor? You know, what, what does, you know, everyone knows the name Killer Kane, but, you know, knowing how many, I mean, how many, 500 wins, you know, I, I tried to explain to my guys, you know, how that's a stat, you know, that that's just a, that's a stat that means more than just, you know, games that you've won. It's just the, the longevity of his career, the longevity to what he meant to this place. Um, you know, I never got the opportunity to meet um, Coach Kane, but my, my, so my assistant coach is John Rashone, who was the head coach at Mount Michael prior to me. And his dad, George Rashone, was Coach Kane's assistant coach for, 
many, 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 many years. So, you know, I got a f- up close and personal, you know, with the stories and uh, how Coach Kane, obviously times have changed to where Killer was out there. But, yeah. you know, just the, just the, the reason the palace is so special because of him, you know, the, like I said, I never got to meet him, but I feel like I know him because of the stories and the, you know, when I tell people that I coach at the Mount, the two things they talk about is that gym size and coach, <laughs> you know, coach Kang. So, yeah. I, I think, you know, we started the one thing I want to do when I got to the Mount is, you know, I think it's important to preserve history, you know? So we, we updated the record boards with the guys who played before us the, for all sports, you know, we started the athletic hall of fame. So guys, you know, they just don't know that name of coach Kane. They know why he is everywhere. His name's all over that school. So I think that stuff's important. I think it's, it's good for the school. It's good for the community. And, you know, a guy like, you know, coach Kane who coached so many sports and had so much success, you know, his name, you know, his deserves to live on. Mm-hmm. So you're in a situation where, and I, and I think I, you know, I'm very confident you're the first one to ever be in this, this situation, at least currently. I, I know Kelly Flynn was an administrator while he was coaching as well, but you, you're wearing the dual hat of being the activities director and a, a varsity head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that get does that world get a little blurry? Is there a little bit extra pressure to uh, run your program in a in a uh, in a po- not a positive way, but 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 doing everything correctly? I guess would be the way to say it, you know uh-huh. uh, you know what's what's that because you know most of us are just classroom teachers and coaches if we're going to be a varsity coach and. And obviously you're not. So what's that perspective like? Kind of, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of living in two worlds, but everybody's still, you know, you know, people are probably looking at you uh, a little bit differently within your own house than they would if you were just the, the history teacher or the English teacher or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I, you know, it's, I, I always, you know, I have to remember, like, during the season, obviously, you know, it always gets tough. You know, I'm very dedicated to my craft and to about, I love Mount Michael basketball, but I love the Mount more. You know, I, I, I've really come to realize, you know, I, I'm the basketball coach in the winter and, you know, and I'm, and I'm dedicated to that, but I still have to, I still have to make sure that I'm giving enough time and care to the wrestling program, to the swim program, uh, you know, to the, to the spring sports that are coming up. And I think it's important to win. I, I have meetings with my coaches, you know, before the season and I tell them every time, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm in the same boat you guys are. I'm trying to win with the same athletes you guys are. And I never talk to them about wins or losses, you know, cause I'm going to have losses too, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to have wins. I'm going to have losses. I'm going to have tough losses, but you know, I talk to them, you know, about the grade checks, about being organized, about, you know, being as absolutely prepared as you can be. And then, so I better hold myself to that standard as well. You know, I can't, I need to make sure I, I, when I'm doing discipline with my football coach that I hold that same discipline standard to my basketball team as well. Um, but you know, it's, I've really enjoyed, you know, I never thought in my wildest dreams, I thought I'd be, do, I was, I was ready to do PE and coach hoops, you know, for <laughs> 40 years. And then this opportunity came around and, you know, I just, I tell you what, I, I've really enjoyed being able to help other programs you know build other teams build a program you mm-hmm. know and we whether it's working with my robotics coach or my speech coach or my baseball coach you know i just i have a i have a such a 
desire for all of our um, our programs to be successful. And I think that's, you know, that, that switch that I've kind of turned to, you know, I'm not a basketball coach. That's an AD. I'm, I'm the athletic director, activities director that coaches basketball. Um, and it's just, it's kind of sat with me and, um, you know, seeing the other teams, you know, I seeing them be successful, you know, is just, I get just excited for them as I would for our basketball team. Mm-hmm. What are the, the two or three, guiding principles that you use to um help your coaches get better um as as you know like you said your robotics coach or your swim coach or your football coach whatever it may be what what are you communicating with them what do you want to see from your coaches and and to define success and and what you think is is good for your programs yeah so it's it's funny i we had uh I do a coaches retreat in the summer where we bring all the coaches into campus on campus one day and, you know, we just talk and we just, you know, we talk about, you know, I, the word culture to me, like it's just thrown around so much. And it's just that word to me, just, it's a great word, but sometimes it's just kind of tossed around out there. You know, like, what does that mean? Is that, I mean, I think sometimes when we talk about culture, it gets, you know, if your team wins or loses, well, I don't think that has anything to do with culture. I think that has to do with players, you know? So we, you know, we talk about those things all the time. This summer, we brought in Bruce Rasmussen to our um, um, our coach's retreat, and he he said to me something that stuck with me so much is, like I told my soccer coach, I love our soccer team. Those guys play so hard, and I told our coach. I'll be honest. I don't know a ton about soccer. I don't know. I just being a hundred percent honest. I don't know a ton about soccer, but I tell the coaches now after I heard what Mr. Rasmussen said that day is how he defines success is bridging the gap between your potential and the results. You know, how can you get that gap as small as possible? That's how, how do you underachieve overachieve, you know, bridging that gap between those two. And it just kind of stuck with me. You know, I just asked that them, that they're prepared, be prepared, be organized, you know, wins and losses are going to happen. You know, a lot of the times it comes down to the Jimmy's and Joe's, you know, tell them, you know, you got to just be absolutely prepared. Are you organized? You know, are you watching enough film? Are you doing enough on the behind the scenes stuff to give your team the best chance? And then when the, when the clock starts, whatever happens, happens. But if you're prepared and you feel like you gave your, your team the best shot to win, you know, that's all I can ask for them. And, and they do, they do such a good job. You know, my football coach, you know, they've been, they've had some struggles lately. You know, they've been, they got a really tough schedule. Mount Michael football, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. And he does such a with especially with the schedule they play this year. But my coach is always prepared. I can see how hard he's working, you know, Monday through Thursday, Sunday through Thursday to prepare his team. And, you know, he prepares his team so well that they're going to get the best product on the field as possible. And that's all I can ask for those guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you were you were in a situation uh, the last few years where where you had a, an outstanding group all together and you you uh, you know I, I know you know the details of this and 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 help me fill in the blanks here coach but you played a lot of these kids as as freshmen at the varsity level and you probably started a couple of them uh off yep. this this last run that you've had correct yep we started about four freshmen uh you know that year and then we added uh we had a transfer that came over and so we were starting those same four and we added him uh the sophomore mm-hmm. the next year yep 
So, and you rode this group to, uh, uh, you know, semifinals two years ago, I believe, or was it the finals? Yep. I can't remember. Semis? Yep. 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 You're in the semis two years ago. Yep. yep. And, and yeah. And then, uh, you know, lost a tough one in the first round this, this past season to Beatrice. Yep. Um, you know, what was the process and, and what were you looking for as you, you knew you had this really talented group that was going to pay off in a couple of years, but like a lot of us, uh, you know, when you got to throw them to the wolves that young, uh, that can also in some ways backfire, you know, kind of like when do you put in the young quarterback yep, and you don't want them to be shell-shocked, you know, so what were you guys thinking there? What were, what were some of the things that, that you and your coaching staff did to take this potential, like you said, and to have them uh, get as close to their success level as you possibly could when you knew that they were going to take a bunch of lumps before they got to that point. Yeah. So we had, we had this group that was, that we were, you know, we had them as junior nights as well, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we have eyes, you know, we can yeah. see their bodies, you know, what their bodies look like, their strength level, things like that. We had a feeling that they could come in and, you know, and I've never been a coach that's really cared about grade, like what grade you're in, if you could play or not, you know, yeah. I, I, I was telling like, I'm going to put the guys in the court who are ready to play, make us be successful. Um, you know? And so when we decided we had a, man, I tell you what, we met about this a lot. Cause that same thing. It's, you know, you talk, you think about confidence level, you think about injuries, you think about, you know, starting four freshmen. Um, but honestly we knew the talent level was there, but we were more looking at was, you know, that's a hard thing to do more of the guys who were already in your program. You yes, know, we, we, we sat down and looked at, well, let's look at our seniors. You know, we had three seniors that year, Larkin Jamal, John Hudson, Jacob Idra. And we said, you know, if we do this and we decide to do this, you know, we, we want to make sure it's best for the program. You know, I, and we had to talk to those seniors. Like we, we had to be honest with them, you know, and those guys still play. Those guys still, but it wasn't about the freshmen. That season wasn't about the future. It was still about the present because those guys were still in high school. You know, yeah. we said it wouldn't be fair to them if we all of a sudden were just building the freshmen for the future. You know, those guys, the reason why this worked, the reason now, did it work? Who knows? You know, did we, we, we always said we wanted to win one with that group and we never did. So did it work? Who knows? I think it did because of the success that I saw those guys grow up and how hard they played and level-headed they stayed for four years and, and all those things. But I think what more of a success was how I am so grateful for those, that group of seniors, you know, that's hard to do. Yep. You're finally a senior and it's time. It's supposedly your time. And all of a sudden, you know, four, four or five freshmen come in that are just ready to play right away. You yeah. know, that's not, well, I was, just I, gonna, I was just gonna say it's, it's hard enough to move one freshman ahead of a junior or a senior, but oh. you're doing it with, a group of four or five of them and yeah. you know at least there's some strength in numbers for the for the kids in that in that yeah. regard that like that one freshman doesn't feel like they're on an island by themselves yeah uh but i i'm sure you know there's no easy way to do that no it wasn't you know and, and it it was such it was it's just i told those three seniors that year like you know i don't know what they're gonna end up doing i still stay in contact with those guys but you know, they're going to be so successful. You know, Jacob Idra, um, that year, you know, he had so many injuries that he'd gone through and he was a stud for us, you know, but he knew, he knew at that time, those guys were ready to play, 
but he had such high character that he could, you know, and he still was a huge part of what we did. That that team won 17 games, you know, mm-hmm. and it was a it was such a it was a good season because of you know it's it's always great to play young guys, but it was it was even better to watch you know three 18 year old men be able to handle that with such class, mm-hmm. which is hard to find. Oh yes, very <laughs> because you know I've been there. And you know you're doing the right thing. You know uh, you're doing what's good for the program. Uh, like I said, the the eye test, the analytics—they all tell you that's what it is. But you know, there's one, two, three, four dinner tables that are not going to agree with you. And yeah. and that uh, I think that more than anything else, Coach, it sounds like to me that's a credit to the dinner table just as much as it is to the kids, which could Absolutely. not have been easy for those dinner tables. Yeah. I mean, man, those parents and those parents, what they did in the stands, they cheered, you know, and they I tell you what, I, I, I will be forever be you know grateful to those parents and to those kids because they set the standard. And I bring those kids up. Larkin Jamal is someone nobody in the basketball community knows about. But I talk about him every day. Because he had enough class and enough grit to, yeah, you're a senior, and he put he's a program guy. You know, mm-hmm. you got to have program guys, freshman, reserve, JV, varsity. Yep. You know, but that's what makes your program. And he was that guy, and he would have played a lot more. It just happened to be that he, came, you know, his senior year happened to be a year where we had some good players come in. Mm-hmm. And what he did is, when I told him what his role was going to be, he said, "Yes, coach." And he just was—it was great to see him do that. And now he's, you know, he's going to be so successful because of that. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Great story. Love it. Love to hear that because there's so much negative that can come out of those situations, and it's great to hear a positive story. So, yeah, definitely uh, awesome. Coach, you ready for the Don Meyer quote of the day? Let's do it. All right, let's do it here. The Don Meyer quote of the day, and feel free to, to, uh, to, to give us your take on this as well. Don Meyer quote of the day from the GOAT. Don't just give, just don't give it lip service. There is nothing more important than rebounding. <laughs> nothing That's more a- important than rebounding. And I, like- I, I can't not agree. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard not to agree with. Yeah. And, you know, clearing out the boards, doing that type of stuff, coming up with your offensive rebounding philosophy. That's, that's what a lot of us are doing at this time. Are we going to send two to the board? Are we going to send everybody Uh who's going to be back? All that other stuff. So, you know, one of the things I told you right before we started, and, and I'm sorry that you only had a very short amount of time to think about it, but, uh, uh, one of the things I don't think, and I told you this before we started taping, I don't think we've talked about this at all. Uh, your your preparation with your coaching staff. You know, obviously the summer stuff has been over for a while, but we're still uh, we're we're about right at that hundred day mark ish uh, from practice starting. So, um, you know, what are you doing with your staff? Or, or you know, when we get into our our basketball philosophy here. Uh, segment of the of the podcast uh, what's your usual mo when it comes to preparing your staff for the season uh, do you guys do a bunch of meetings is it email is it you kind of dictating it are you are you picking out three or four different keys in your mind I mean how does you how do you and your staff and I'm not talking about conditioning or weights or anything like that but how are you guys getting ready for 
for the first practice of the season and your base philosophy going into the season. And I say that base philosophy going into the season because if you're anything like 99% of us, three days into practice, you've gotten, you've said, ah, that 25% just isn't going to work the way we intended it to. So we spent yep. three months trying to figure that out and now we got to start over again. But, but yeah. what's your process with that? Yeah. So I, I think that's, like I said, that's one of the best things and most things I'm grateful for, for, you know, coach Cannon is, is he let me coach, you know, mm-hmm. he, I was the JV coach. He let me coach. He let me, you know, make decisions. He met, let me make decisions on the fly. And, you know, that's what I have. My, I've had, the, you know, the same coaches now with me for, which is probably, you know, a lot of to do with our success is we've had the same group of, you know, four or five guys that have been with me this entire process. So, you know, what, what we do is, you know, we meet, you know, we'll meet two or three times, you know, we'll, we'll go meet and have, uh, you know, have some food and talk hoops and, uh, you know, constantly shooting emails. But you know what I, I've always said, I, I don't consider myself a, a great, you know, basketball mind i don't i don't see the game as well as my assistants do i think they see it especially from an offensive end like they have a my 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 varsity assistant jordan dorsey he sees the game so well mm-hmm. offensive mind very offensive minded i i don't consider myself a great x's and o's guy but i, I think what i do well is i i can get the most out of our coaching staff so my you know jordan coach dorsey's really hitting our offensive you know what are some different things we can do my Coach Rashone does runs a ton of our defensive stuff. I mean, I pretty much hand him the keys, and I and that's what he focuses on. You know, what are we going to do defensively? We have a whole different team now, um, and that's what I'm most excited about. You know, I told these guys like it's been awesome having that group of seniors here, but I told the you know I told our coaches like I I don't want to be a, a a school with a good class. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be a good program or do you have a good class? Well, I don't want to have a good class. I want to have a good program. A good program can withstand and can can get right back in the fight of this thing when you graduate that many guys. A good program means, you know, when you do have that high a level of skill on the varsity level, that you are still concentrating on that freshman A team, that freshman B team, the reserve, the JV. And my lower level guys, I hand them the keys. I trust them. They know what I believe in. They know the stuff that I want them to work on. Um, but the, I hand them the keys and I tell them, you know, I, I'd like, I want to know what they're doing. I want to know, be involved in it. But you guys coach them. Them. you yeah. know you're not spending your time all here to listen to what i have to say you do it you know so we really you know we we want to make sure that we're keeping track of everybody in our program whether it's going to be someone that helps at the varsity level or someone that's going to help us for that year at the freshman level um and that's what we kind of just talked about at these when we meet you know what do we need to do to improve our freshman program what do we need to do to improve the JV program? How do we get more JV wins? How do we get more freshman A, B wins? And, you know, at this time of the year, that's what we work on. We work on, you know, what's best for the program. Is it clinics? Is it going to some, watching some videos, shooting back and forth, just really just kind of talking the game? Yeah. What, uh, you know, so what are some things that you've done? Let's, let's run with that then. You know, what are some things that you have done to to have that, program built from top or from bottom to top and and you know has it been video has it been uh just sit down and you're in your classroom and you order some some pizzas and everybody starts writing on the whiteboard in a classroom or or you know you know what's your guys's general process when it comes to that stuff 
yeah, we, you know, we will go to the, in, in about two weeks here, we'll go down to Kansas City for the, uh, for the Nike clinic. We'll go yeah. down there and we'll, we'll, you know, I think three or four of us are going to go. We'll bring back and then we'll meet with everybody that we'll talk about it. Um, and at the end of September here, we have a coaches clinic at Mount Michael where I bring in a, you know, a guy who does skills trainer, a guy, a high school coach. And then we're going to bring in a college coach and he's going to, he's going to come in and talk to not only us, but other youth coaches around, um, you know, around the area. Um, we bounce things off and we meet just kind of like, you know, Hey, come with something new today. Come with a new drill, come with a new, you know, maybe a new set, something like that. And then honestly, like a lot of the things that we talk about is just, you know, I, I just think sometimes the X's and O's of basketball takes care of itself in the year. We talk about, you know, we what do we want to do this year? You know, this year we, we want we don't want to have any drama in the program, no selflessness or everything is selflessness in our program. This is a chance for us to start this thing. You know, I don't want to say it started over because I want to build off of what we've done so far. But these guys who are going to play now have been waiting and you learn a lot when you wait. The guys before us, they didn't have, they didn't wait, you know, they, they just played right away. Well, I want to tell the guys who are coming in now, no, you better learn what Brad Bennett, Iron Lopez did, you know, and what can you do to improve on that? So a lot of it is just kind of the, the mentality side of it, you know, mm-hmm. how can we, how can we still stay in character when things are going bad? Cause that's one thing with such a young team we're going to have, you know, we're going to have to really work on our character, you know, and we just talk about, okay, how are we going to get that out of the guys every day in practice? So when we do go play Scott night one, you know, cause they're going to be, you know, a good team again, mm-hmm. you know, and how do we handle, you know, the ups and downs of those games? So we, we talk about that stuff as a group mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. How much are you, cause this is always something that I'm always curious and how much are you, uh, saying, okay, freshman, freshman A coach, here's here's the the four baseline out of bounds plays that I want your kids to perfect by the end of the season, and once they get those four down, you can do whatever you want to do. Or here's here's the three three or four sets that you know nine through twelve we're gonna pretty much run, but once they got those three or four down, you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, you know how how do you handle? Uh, building that program because obviously every you, you want your kids to shoot you want your kids to pass and we're going to talk about passing here in a little bit uh, but you know when, when you're talking about the the schematic type of things how much how hands on are you from the top down or are you guys are you just kind of saying hey I can teach them an out of bounds play in, in three practices and feel pretty good about it yeah I so our, our two assistant our two assistant freshman coaches I honestly, I tell them at the beginning of the year, when you when they get to me, hopefully the following year, I just hope that it's in their blood, it's in their DNA, to when the ball is bouncing, they're just going to dive on it. You know, that's that's what I. As long as they're doing that, then I think you guys have done your good job. I I don't I have zero idea how many games we've won. You know, at the freshman A and B level, you know, we always want you always want to win games, but when it boils down to it, you know. I, I tell them, I say, you know, our offensive philosophy, we want to run the floor, spread the ball around, make that thing pop around. If you run your sets, you run your sets. But I want them to know how to play. I want them to know, you know, that when that ball goes up, you are going to chase that thing hard. You're going to grab the ball with two hands. You know, you're going to, you know, you are going to snap your passes. You are going to sprint off the floor. You know, you are going to close out and force that ball, you know, to the baseline. You know, just the kind of the key terminology that we use 
I'm just, like I said, I'm not a huge offensive mind guy where if we run a bunch of sets and we run a better, a lot of out of bounds plays, you know, I tell him, I said, you can do whatever you want with that. That's your call. You know, this is your team, but it's my program. Mm-hmm. You know, in my program, what I want to see you do is I want to see those core things to when they do get to me, you know, that next year, we don't have to talk about those things. It's just in your blood by now. Yeah. You know, like that's what I tell my junior night coaches, you know, I don't care. I, I don't, I don't care if you guys are running plays. I, I just would like to see them play. But if you can help us as seventh and eighth graders, that you either have the option of playing here or not playing here by diving on the floor, by being on time, by, you know, you communicating with your parents what the coach talked about during the game or the practice and being honest with your parents what the coach talked about, Mm -hmm. you know, to where it's that your guys' team, my program, Mm -hmm. this is how we're going to do things. And if you're bought in. That's why I think it's so important to have assistant coaches that are bought into what you're believing in. You know, it's I, I tell them all the time, if you guys don't have to agree with me, please don't. I mean, every coach says they don't want a yes man, but tell me what you think. You guys, I see how much film they do. I can see it. Yeah, they're putting in a lot of time, you know, and, and I can appreciate that. So I never tell my coaches, you know, what plays to run. I just want them I just want them to make sure the program identity stays the same, whether you're freshman B, the 15th guy, or you start on a varsity team. Sounds like to me, uh, you're just really big on standards of this is how we're going to do it. It might look a little bit different, you know, defensively, offensively, and the basketball nerd part of it, but the Mm -hmm. standards of our program are going to be diving on the floor. It's going to be helping pick up that teammate off the floor. It's going to be the guys being active on the bench. And everything else will take care of itself. Am, am I reading that correctly, Coach? Yeah, no doubt. You know, and I and I try my best to you know listen to that myself. You know, so you know I, I want to make sure that I'm holding every player to that same standard. You know, and I'm and I'm guilty of not doing that. You know, I'm guilty of you know letting a guy get away with it that I won't let somebody else up, and then I have to kick myself and you know go back to what why am I doing this? You know, why did I preach this to them, you know, in November 27th at the first practice, then, you know, we get into the games. I had to hold that, you know, that standard up. And I just, I just think it's, God, it's just basketball is such a funny game to where, you know, the most talented team and the best offensive team or whatever, you know, yeah, they have a chance to win every night, but they might not win every night. You know, it's that effort stuff. It's that you can tell when a team has completely sold out. Mm-hmm. You know, when a team sells out to what they I look at Concordia this year. Yep. We played Concordia this year. Man, they sold out to everything that their coach was doing, t- telling them to do. I mean, everything. It was awesome. Beatrice, when they beat us this year, they sold out to the game plan. Mm-hmm. And it was, they deserved to win that game. They sold out to what their coach was saying. And it was, that's why, you know, that's why teams can get successful is when they fully buy in, you know, and I'm not saying my guys, my, I would do anything for my guys. We got them on a, we got it. We had a bad night that night, yep. but those guys rolled out, you know, mm-hmm. and they deserved to win that game. It wasn't that your guys weren't good. It's just for that one night, those guys were better. And, yeah. and, and that's, and that's okay because yep. that's going to happen. And, and then basketball's you, a funny game, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've done this long enough, and a lot of people that have listened to this are have done it long enough. So we we know exactly what you're saying, and uh, you know it, it just it just it just happens. You know, we uh, long time ago we were in the the state semifinals against uh, Seward, and we. You know, first of all, you know, they came out in a 2-3 zone, which I spent 
51 weeks getting ready for them to be in man-to-man, and then they come out in the Jim <laughs> Beheim 2-3, and I'm like, what yeah. the blank is going on here, you know? Yeah, and, of and we go, you know, and we weren't a great shooting team, but we were a decent shooting team, and, you know, we go 0 for 14 from the yeah. three-point line. I mean, just, we, we played hard. We played with intensity. The kids did what we asked them to do. Uh, we go 0 for 14. They go 8 for 14 from the three-point line. And we lose by, I don't know, 16 or so, you know? And I was just like, well, if they would have shot four for 14, that's 12 less for them. We shoot just four for 14. That's 12 more for us. You know, we end up winning by six or eight, you know? And it's, it's you know, so it's a crazy game. It's a crazy game. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. So um, let's talk about passing. Let's, you know, um, I, I did a deal and I, and I saw a thing where, uh, we, we put so much emphasis, emphasis on ball handling and shooting that we don't realize that basically uh, seven out of ten times our kids touch the ball, they pass it. Uh-huh. But we but we don't teach it very uh-huh. much. So yeah. that's going to be one of my things that I'm really going to emphasize with, with my kids this year is we got to – you know, this, this is the analytics. This is, and again, it's, it's NBA stuff, but it it's pretty well, that's a, probably a pretty common statistic through and through. So, yeah. uh, what do you guys do as far as passing, uh, passing drill, maybe one or two good passing drills that you guys do that you could describe, uh, what are you emphasizing so forth and so on when it comes to passing the basketball? Yeah. So that it's just, it's, <laughs> like I said, it's so funny. I'll, I'll go. I try to get to as many like coaches um, or college practices as I can before we get going. And I went up to uh, Creighton and I went to Midland a couple years ago, and it was funny watching those guys do team passing drills. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're literally, you know, they got not, they got their entire team out there and they're passing it, following their pass, snapping the ball and. You know, and I tell my guys, you know, yeah, you might think this is elementary doing passing drills and snapping the ball, but if it's if Creighton's doing it, you know, it's probably pretty important, you yeah. know. And we'll get the heavy, we get the weighted balls out quite a bit to where we'll do team passing drill where we, you know, we got a guy on the end line, a guy on the free throw, a guy half court on the other free throw line. You got to follow your pass, talk to your teammate when you're passing it, um, you know. And I think it's just so important, you know. And then if that ball hits the ground, we stop. And we start that clock over again because, um, you know, it's funny. I tell them the pass is important, but you got to catch the thing, too, you mm-hmm. know, and being able to. It's funny. I, I would love to see, you know, the teams that the winning percentage of the teams that could just pass and catch, you know, and it sounds so elementary, but it's just so important being able to pass and catch with a defender in your face. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we get up and pressure the ball the way we do, because it's really hard to be able to do those things. But yet it sounds like a simple thing to do. So, you know, we do we do a couple of different drills to where, you know, we don't we do not let the ball hit the ground. The ball hits the ground. We start over. Um, you know, we do. I mean, just basic stuff. Three man weave two on one back. If we three man weave without a perfect pass or we don't call out that, uh, then we just next next guy's up. You know, next you guys are off. Next guy's on. And we just, you know, being able to pass and catch the ball, it just it helps so much with just getting into your offense. Easy baskets, mm-hmm. um, shots. Funny how shots with a perfect pass, how shots go in. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, on time, on target. If my yeah. if my players had a nickel for every time I said that, they, 
I wouldn't have any retirement money left. You know, yep. I mean, you know, and, and one of the things we really emphasize is, you know, we're telling pastors on time, on target, but we're also uh, holler, or, you know, we're talking to our receivers and we're, and the phrase we use is receive it well, you know, mm-hmm. get, get ready to receive it, you know, uh, you know, get shot ready, you know, when we, when we really get going, but like, especially when we're, we're just, when we're just drilling it and, uh, working on it there, whether we, we do some four corner passing or some, some, we call it cardinal passing. And it's just a series of passing drills and pivoting drills and things like that. But mm-hmm. when, when there's no shot involved, we're constantly saying, Hey, receive it. Well, receive it. Well, get those hands up, drop your keister, bend those knees, look that thing in with two hands, you know, don't do the, the, the slap down, uh, thing when the ball's thrown to you and have it bounce up uh-huh. and then catch it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, those type of things. Uh, yeah. You know, I think go ahead. great stuff to do, you know, whether it's a junior night program or it's your, it's your varsity team. You know, I, I think it's funny how a lot of times people think you're a good passer. If you're doing the, the no look pass or the, you know, the in, tra- in transition full court bounce pass. Well, Bradley Bennett kid who played for us last year, he was a great passer because he threw a hard pass, direct pass every time he passed it. You know, it was whether it was advancing up the floor or it was just catching and swinging. It had zip to it. You know, that to me is a good passer. You know, the being able to ball fake and skip it across the floor, that is a good passer. And it's just those are little drills that aren't or little stats or whatever that don't show up in a paper. But, man, if you can get a hockey assist to a second pitch, man, that's that's how you win. Yeah. Here's here's a question that popped into my head. Can you create a good passer? Or is it just something you're kind of born with? Is it an instinct, or is it something that can be developed? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think like I think some players like you can't teach like a shiftiness. Like some guys, when they get the ball in their hand, they're just smooth with the basketball. They're shifty with the basketball. You know, I think a guy who has a you know who has that ability to you know see the floor. I mean, it's that's a hard thing to teach, but I think you can teach someone to be a good passer by drilling it. But then just, you know, yes, the shot went in. But when I do stop the drill, I don't ever talk about the shot that went in. I talk about the guy who passed it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, we had a guy last year who could pass out of the post. You know, Kyle Palin, man, he could just fire that thing out of the post. Yeah, he could. He was, he was a nice player, yeah. Oh, but he just did the little things. You know, he's got four, eight points, and he's going to do all the little things. He's going to take a charge. He's going to do, you know, but my goodness, he could zip his passes. You know, and we we told him, you know, you get stronger in the weight room will help you become a better passer. And they kind of look at you like you're crazy, but all of a sudden you're getting you're getting some strength on you. And those passes that used to bounce when you threw them full court are now on a rope. Mm-hmm. So I think you can, I think you can teach passing if you if you. But see, it's got to be something that I fall into a habit of saying I'm going to teach that or harping on it day one, two, three, four, and then I get into my scout. And then I have to shake my head and say, hold on a second, you know, let's continue to do the little things like passing a basketball before you worry about, you know, what, you know, the team you're going to play in is going to play on defense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that has something to do with it as well, too. So um, let's talk about practice. Uh, Not a game. We're talking about (laughs) practice. So, uh, you know, your, your, your practice setup. uh, And again, this is always the scenario I kind of throw out because, um, you know, everybody's kind of doing the same thing the first week, the first two weeks. You know, there's different ways to skin a cat, but it's it's roughly <laughs> the same. 
but that that middle area of the season, um, it's it's uh, second week of January. Uh, you're you're coming back from you're you know you're back into school from the holiday break, and and it's it's a it's a Tuesday, and you got Tuesday night off. Let's say you don't play till Friday night. Uh, you're, yep. you're, so you're not into scout real heavy, uh, but you know you're not going to go for two and a half hours either. You know, so yep. so what's what's your what's your typical practice structure look like? Why do you structure it the way that you do? Maybe what are one or two unique things that that you want to uh, you know that that are unique to you guys and what you do in your practices that might be a little different than than other people? Yeah, so I think a lot of the, a lot of the things that we that we do is I, I, we do skill work and we do shooting on, on, uh, you know, we do rhythm shooting and things like that. But I just, I always feel like guys get better by doing things live. You know, we do a lot, we do a ton of no dribble. Like we do so much four on four, no dribble. Like we do that all the time to where we are scoring the basket. We're scoring the basketball without having to put the thing on the deck. We do it a ton. Uh, you know, one thing we do is we dedicate, uh, John Rashone is my assistant coach who runs the defense. We just call it Rashone time, 25 minutes every day of just anything that he thinks that we need to get better at, whether that's, you know, whether that's just straight shell you know, we've in the past, we've switched one through five defensively. You know, we have really sold out to any, we switch every ball screen, we switch every down screen, we switch everything. Mm-hmm. So, and then we've really harped about, we never, we don't ever want to foul. Like we try, our goal every time is to not be in the bonus. Cause I, you know, we feel if you're going to go to the Ram, we try to force to their offhand and we try to see if kids can make an offhanded layup against a, a chest. Mm-hmm. If they can make it, shake their hand. You know, if, if they can't and you're fouling them. I told them when I was a player, I was going to my left hand, I was going to score. If I was going to my right hand, I was praying to God somebody would foul me. You know, <laughs> and that's what we want to do. We, we, we harp on that in practice to where we do that every single day where we, you know, we're forced into an offhand and we don't want to foul at the rim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we, we, we try to visit that stuff as often as possible. Um, you know, whenever we have a day, we, we have a thing called a little things drill. I think you, I think I saw something online you put out about this where it's like five different things. It's just all effort plays. You take the charge you get the offensive rebound you outlet the ball you know just things in a row Mm -hmm. that help you win games um you know so we just we we just try to harp on the same terminology that we use you know do not foul do not foul at the rim you know snap the ball get out and transition and we just we take times like that to where i i'm not a big two-hour practice guy Mm -hmm. i want to go hour and a half i want to get them in get them out and then get off the floor um, mm-hmm. we, we also lift quite a bit during the season to where if it's time when we don't have a game for a couple, two, three days, we will get into the weight room. Um, you know, I tell, I'm not going to bring them up all summer long to, for them to lose their strength during the year. So we do, we'll go lift weights as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I just, it's just trying to get creative as possible. It's kind of funny with that group that we had. We had the same guys in the same practice for four years. I told them, I said, guys, I got to be honest with you. You have drained all knowledge all drills everything out so you know i said let's just be really good at shell let's be really good at pushing and catching the basketball you know and we can get out of here sooner yeah well you know i've i've actually done that before um in this but not uh not in that way uh it was more you know multiple times we'll get to uh the second to last week of the season let's say you know so Uh Two weeks of regular season games and then district play, 
you know, and, and, and I've said, Hey, you know, I'm about out of ideas. This is, this is what we're going to roll with going into district play to postseason play. And we've given you about all the knowledge that we can give you at this time. Now it's up to you to make plays and, 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 and you put it on their shoulders and, and it's been, you know, most of the time, not all the time. And it depends on the team. But if you've got mature kids, they'll look at you and go, all right, it's on us now. And, yeah. and you may win, you may lose, but there, there, it seems like there's a, uh, a, a bit of a social contract there, if you will, a, a, a bit of a, a brunting of responsibility by those kids that they're like, okay, hey, we get you, coach, and, and now it is on us, and, and it's up yeah. to us to make plays. Yeah, I think that's so important. You know, I I tell the kids at the beginning of the year, just trust what I'm doing. Please trust me. You know, if I'm wrong, trust me that I'm going to try to make it right. You know, mm-hmm. at the parent meetings, trust me. I tell them, just, I know it's hard to trust somebody, but just trust what I'm doing. And then towards the end of the year, you know, I tell them, like, if you guys have trusted what I what we've been telling you guys all year, you know, you whatever happens on the floor we're okay with whatever what it doesn't matter what we do in practice two weeks before a district champion a district final game you know it's not like we're gonna throw anything new at you it's it's doing the little things that we've been telling you all year trust that what we've been saying is going to you know give us the best opportunity to win do you guys do a, a lot of sit down meetings with your kids you know before or after practice just here's here's three minutes and we're going to talk about this today or or whatever it may be uh, above and beyond your your scout you know yep so we'll meet so every day we we meet out down in the film room um sometimes we'll throw three minutes of film on and i'll say okay let's get on the floor sometimes we'll just talk real quick about the day coming up um then we'll get on the floor um sometimes we'll just have a make a freshman stand up and have him say something stupid um and then we get on the floor and then we'll go practice and then we'll end in the film room again where we'll just talk recap the day we get him out of here mm-hmm. you know and a lot of the times i don't have anything crazy important to tell him i just want everybody you know and then when we sit in the locker room you got to sit by someone different every time you can't oh, sit next like to that. this guy you got to go sit next to somebody else just go sit next to somebody else every time if they ever sit by the same person same time uh, we're running, you know, and I tell them every time you shoot pre 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 game or excuse me, like before we start, we start with partner shooting. You cannot shoot with the same partner every time. It's got to be someone different, you know, so we spend time just making sure you're not only talking to your buddy or you're sitting with your class, but you're intermingling with everybody. Do you put a lot of that onus on your upperclassmen to to make sure people are doing that? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's I think that's really important. You know, I think it's important that it's you know it's you don't sit by the same. Like when we go on bus trips, I cannot stand it if they sit next to the same person every time. You know, you need to sit by somebody else in that bus trip. You know, we don't ever talk on the way to a game. We try to keep it silent. Throw your your airphone your uh, AirPods in or whatever. But you're at least sitting next to somebody different mm-hmm. when you get off. When you go shoot before a game, you got to shoot with somebody different. Um, you know, that's how you. I try to stay away from clicks or groups or you know if, if everybody's on the same page that's what you're looking for mm-hmm. if y'all don't like me at least it's everybody on the same page you know <laughs> if you're all if you're all you know talking doing things together that that's all i care about derek i'm te- i'm stealing that one i'm telling you that right now i'm you know you're not allowed to sit next to the same person in the locker room I, i'm yep. i'm still i'm stealing that uh, i'm proclaiming that the derek spooner rule now Love so it. uh so uh we're we're I'm 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 happy to steal that one from you. So there you go. 
tell us about your coach's clinic and and when that's going to be. Uh, I don't know if you've got everybody lined up or not. Uh, you know, yep. just just tell us, uh, give us as many details on that as you can because I think it's an awesome idea. Yeah, so we started this. This will be our sixth one. Um, I went to a clinic out. Uh, Jim Weeks was doing this out at Don't. And we, we'd go to this every morning uh, or once a, once a year on a Saturday morning. And they'd bring in some speakers. And I just loved it, you know. And like I said, I want to build Mount Michael as a program not a team and i think doing things like this with you know having the community come and it's a free um it's a free clinic uh we bring three speakers out we try to get someone different uh like different areas of basketball so we have mike Mackey come in um where he does a lot of like skill work what you can use in a practice alan huss from creighton is going to be here and then matt shelster from norfolk um and they're just going to talk about things and what we do is we invite Anybody who wants to come can come. You know, we've gotten first grade coaches to college coaches come out, high school coaches come out. We get about, there's no about group of about 50 or so that come out every day. Um, that's on September 25th. First speakers at eight and it'll go to 11. Um, and we serve breakfast and, um, you know, we just try to make it a day to where you can, you know, hopefully get something you can take back to, uh, um, to your practices and use it. And it's just a, it's a good morning of just, you know, learning the game and learning different things before, uh, before, um, those seasons get going. You, you picked the wrong possible Saturday for me anyway. So ah. I, uh, yeah, I get to, uh, I get to go to Chicago that weekend for, oh. for, uh, my daughter has tickets to go see Harry Styles at the United Center. So, that was not what I was expecting you to say, but that'll be great time. <laughs> well, I, I might go see the Cubs. Uh, it'll be me and, and seven other people at that point because they're so bad right now. Uh, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, no, she got these tickets like two years ago. And, and now with those big shows, you have to get like, you know, they put out the tickets like a year in advance. Yep. And, and then, you know, of course, COVID hit, so everything got pushed back, pushed back. Oh, yeah. So, so we'll be, we'll be in the Windy City that week. There you go. So, uh, but while you're talking hoops, I get to, I get to listen to, uh, Harry Styles for seven and a half hours on the way there and seven and a half hours on the way back. So good bonding time. There you go. Uh, absolutely. Hey, she's a senior this year. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's been tough seeing the two boys go go off, and we went from five to three, and then next year we'll go from three to two. And I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, my my wife may finally, after twenty four years of marriage, at that point, might figure out I'm a moron at that point. So, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. So, uh, if they want information for that coaches clinic, coach, where do uh, where do they go? Yeah, we we have it on our Twitter. Um, you know, our, uh, Mount Michael basketball Twitter, um, or you can always reach out to me at my emails, my email address, dspooner at mountmichael.org. Um, you know, anything we can, uh, we can help you. Like I said, we just, it's a free clinic to where we just, we like having people in our gym. We like having people out at the Mount. Um, and it's just a good opportunity to learn from, you know, some good basketball minds. You bet. You bet. Coach Derek Spooner from Elkhorn Mount Michael Benedictine. That's the official name, I believe. Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, there it is. It rolls off the tongue. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Derek. I, I hope you had a good time. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Why don't you hold the line here a second? Uh, Coach Spooner, again, Derek Spooner, uh, great job tonight. Oh, a lot of great information. I I'm, I wrote down three or four different things that, that I really, really like what he uh, brought to the table here this evening. 
speaking of bringing to the table, if, if you're feeling a little tight, a little tense, go see COSAC Chiropractic, our founding sponsor. Uh, if you're in need of chiropractic services, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Uh, again, take a look at Appendant and Napkin University. Go to appendantandnapkin.com. Our personal growth and development videos are on sale. It's a lot of really, really good information. Follow us on Twitter, at Napkin. Download, rate, and review on iTunes. Give us five stars. And, of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at appendantandnapkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. I've had the privilege of talking to Derek Spooner tonight, the head boys basketball coach at Elkhorn Mount Michael High School. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.